Hi, and welcome to River Network's Meet Your Network, hearing from our network members in their own voices. River Network envisions a powerful and inclusive movement that ensures abundant clean water for all people and nature to thrive. We believe joy and hope for our planet flows through our rivers. My name is Ayana Harskoet, and I'm the Communications Associate at River Network. I use they, them pronouns, and I live and work in Brooklyn, New York, on unceded Lenape land. You can learn more about the lands you live and work on at native-land.ca. In June, I had the opportunity to speak with Max Suwaki, who's the CEO and founder of It Is Overdue, which is a trash cleanup organization originally based in LA, but now expanding across the country. In this conversation, Max and I talk about what it means to bring community members together, to build momentum for change, and also what it's like to be a young person in the environmental movement. A big thank you to Max for joining me in this conversation. We opened up so many different threads that I wish we had had more time to follow. I hope you will feel the same excitement and curiosity when you're listening. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Max. I just want to start by asking a bit more about how you got started with your organization, because you started this whole <laughs> movement. How did that happen? Right. So three roommates and I and two dogs, we lived in the apartment and we have good routine of, you know, talking about some environmental issues at home and have a safe space as in how we feel about it and as we moved into the apartment, you know, we kind of established where whenever we go to grocery shopping, let's take the reusable bag, so stuff like that, right? Like we put up our recycle beans and trash, three different boxes, metal, glass, and the paper. And then one day, like it was within a week of us moving into the apartment, we were uh, walking the dog and as I was walking my dog Leon he almost stepped on a needle behind the bush and then yeah I couldn't just, I could have ignored and be like eh whatever but then I didn't feel like that was something that I wanted to do and for him and also for the community either while it was a small intention of me protecting my dog as I was you know started talking about it to my roommate. I think I should start picking up trash because it's everywhere. We were surprised by the amount of trash that we would see on the street and we just started going and that's how we started. Thank you for sharing. So from then you founded this group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, started- from there we, mm-hmm. we wasn't right away. Something that came to mind was that, okay, if you're going to do it, it's part of my personality. I can't start it and I just not do it for the next two weeks or something, right? Like, if I start something, I need to do it. And because dog walking is not something that I can choose or that I want to choose, right? Like, he needs to go (laughs) every morning and every night. So... If I'm walking him anyway, then we can just do it all the time. Then we started doing it every single day. And then 
that's how we yeah that's how we started that initiative in the beginning yeah and then eventually you picked up more people and mm -hmm. became this whole organization right right because i'm sure you started cleaning up your neighborhood right like where you were walking your dog yeah. um, but then after that how did you decide where to go or like what communities maybe needed the most support with that yeah so up to maybe for three months or so every single day we didn't have anybody we didn't have anybody join because we didn't put, it, put any information on our on the website or the or we didn't have a website of course but we didn't have any of the group that was set up and everything so we started going and eventually somebody asked somebody asked and after that person people started asking us like hey guys what are you guys doing like every like i see you like every day uh three dudes walking around they're not even like don't look like retired people or anything right picking up trash and people started asking us and we started thinking about hmm people are interested then we posted on next door we had one post went viral with um it was a huge pile of trash and we had yeah we had been posting on next door for maybe about two weeks and but nobody had come come out yet and we started posting on like like the where where we're gonna meet what time stuff like that and after that viral post and people saw that a lot of people saw that during their commute or uh when they're going grocery shopping or whatever right and then we cleaned that and they we posted about it and then the next day we had probably like eight people that showed up and then people uh people started talking to us about hey this area needs more cleaning or this area tend to be dirtier than others that's how we chose the um street but now we kind of know whether where it's bad and where it's not bad as much because we've looked into like street cleaning map but interestingly people are not really into neighborhood cleanups as much as river cleanup or beach cleanup beach cleanup is the most popular one because it's aesthetically pleasing and also it's fun to be there and it's just it just feels to be you know it feel, feels great out in the sand and i think it's more of people seeing the direct effect of them uh picking up trash on the beach or by the river people can feel like Oh, if I didn't pick up this trash, this piece of trash, if it's windy, the wind can blow all this trash into the river in front of it that I'm seeing right now. And then the turtle gets hurt. The birds get, get hurt. I think the psychology of it, maybe that's contributing to how people are attracted to those cleanups more than others. Yeah, that's really interesting because you started with neighborhoods, but then you moved to cleaning up waterways, right? 
What do you think would be necessary for people to care about the neighborhood cleanups as much as the water cleanups? Or why do you think it's not as appealing? Part of it, I went to different cities cleanups and I joined some Japanese cleanups and stuff like that. I firmly believe, especially in LA, is that it's not walkable. And Brooklyn, where I joined, and Queens, their turnout for neighborhood cleanups are really good. Part of it is, I think it's whether or not it's walkable and relatable to the people that are, that are living in that area. With that being said, the place that we've been cleaning up, um, it's called Lake Bobo Park. And that park is walkable. And people come out on Sundays, go on the bike path with their bikes. You know, they have, uh, we have a huge lake by it and people walk around and there's some vendors that trash everywhere and the parties that trash everywhere and stuff like that. But I think that's, that's the factor that's contributing to it because my neighborhood or maybe like 80% of LA streets aren't walkable. There's sidewalks, but nobody walks because there's no metro. Infrastructure is not there. And people aren't going, you know, going out there with their friends unless you live in downtown LA. Then when driving, you don't see any trash because you're, you're, you're only seeing the car in front of you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if people can't walk there, they're probably not going to want to. Very interesting. And also, we collect data, right? Like every time we pick up trash, we found out that correlation of between rental housing and property owners, like if you see more houses versus apartment buildings, apartment buildings tend to have dirtier streets in front of it than houses that are owned by those individuals. Because people care a little less when it comes to, okay, this is the apartment complex's problem. This is not my problem. This I don't own it. I'm just renting it. That's part of it, I think. Well, we, we kind of find out. Yeah, that's a good explanation. I'm also curious, who joins the cleanups? Are there people from all over LA? Or do you find that it's specific demographics or maybe like people from specific communities? Um, like, are there any communities that you find it's hard to get people involved? For the most part, demographic-wise, only one thing that, that's common for our volunteers, well, we tend to see people that are not native to LA. Somebody from New York, somebody from Minnesota, somebody from Seattle, anywhere but LA. We have regular volunteer, maybe we have only a couple people that are native LA residents. Part of it is that the way their community worked there, uh, when they grew up, it's just so busy and it's very focused on money and success because of the traditional things, kind of like Hollywood scene, media industry that's very tied into this community. We have close friends that are native to LA that come out too right but they always say i've never had such a community like this and when they do find somebody like that are like genuinely caring about the community and try to make a better community and such it's usually an organization that they can't really relate at all 
Meaning, it could be a group of only retired people. Those people are working really hard to make the community great. But for people that are looking for a community that they want to belong, they might not be the one that they would want to join only because they can't relate. It's sad, right? It's sad that we are segmenting, like seg- segmentation by. Like, I do want to hang out with my 20s and 30s. Or, I can't help it, but I'm going to say, you know, like, I do want to spend time with same age group. Like, it's it's so relatable and it's it's fun. And I do like to, you know, like myself, like if it was only for me, I like to hang out with my grandma's age, grandpa's age. And I, I have people that are 40s or 50s. Or, they're one of my best friends and... I personally don't really care, but it is like attracting to me too, like that bunch of 20 years old and 30 years old that are like coming together and doing some fun stuff and something that's like-minded that I can say, right? At this point, it's not just a trash picking, but more like a community where people can share their passion in environmentalism. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very powerful to build a group of young people who care about that, right? Like, I think mm. that it's it's meaningful to try and reach everyone, but I think the fact that it feels like such a community is also people our age are looking for that kind of community. I'm curious if you ever do anything like more on the educational side. For instance, like, do you talk about environmental justice? How does your work sort of overlap with environmental justice? So our organization has three components. Cleanup, where we build the community. And then the second one is the river pro- project, right? Like we've been working so hard, but the city is not. It's a difficult, difficult project. And, you know, we, we partner with local students and stuff like that and try to make that happen. But that's the second one. And the third one is the education. Education, meaning we go to classes, classrooms, and we go to different tutoring centers, and we go to universities, lecture and stuff like that. And education is something that we really care about, especially being in this generation where directly under our generation is going to be somebody that are like who, who are in college, who are in high school. Those people are going to come into the workforce soon. And we want to make sure that everybody in that generation is educated in a friendly manner so that we can be the example, right? Like yesterday we have student leader meeting and, you know, different part of the U.S. there. There are students that are leading the cleanup and educational talks and such. And so one of them is inspired by our initiative and they came up with this smart trash station and NASA is inviting them. Education is something that we take pride in to make sure that students are educating their peers and we are educating and inspiring their those kids and we are going to launch like an eco tour in Colombia where we are going to go to river cleanup and beach cleanup there, as well as how coffee farms like affecting the whole environmental issue. So that's going to be something that's really important. And, you know, different country has different 
initiative and different country has their own way to handle this situation and things that we think is a problem in the u.s might not be a problem there in colombia and vice versa so we think that something like that program could help the students to be like that's interesting i i've never thought about that something that we think is a trash might not be a trash there i just reuse it and use it, use it for 50 years who knows It sounds like you're you're thinking very locally, but then also very globally about education, mm-hmm. which is very cool. I noticed there was some hesitation around you talking about the river programs and like your relationship with the city. I'm curious what kinds of challenges you've been running to, if you feel comfortable talking about that. So river project that we are working on is apparently something that the current government official is not really into it. Our project is to install trash boom in the concrete area of LA River because LA River is a man-made river that was built after the flooding that happened in 1950 something 56 miles long long man-made river but some parts have such as the park that we clean always is called uh, Lake Mobile Park. There's an LA River right next to it that's running. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's got some nature and LA River connects to this nature greenery area. And we saw this turtle that was peeking out of the water, right? But it couldn't dive in to the river because if you're not turtle, it goes down to get the moss and everything and it just you know keeps, keeps going. But that particular turtle wasn't able to dive in anymore because it tried like 10 times in front of us and it was suffocating, right? By this plastic and styrofoam and everything that was floating right next to it because it was basically swimming in the plastic. And it's so obvious that it was, it's got so much plastic and styrofoam bits in its stomach that it was making it float. And that was one of the reasons why we came to a conclusion as to have this project up almost a year and a half ago. But before then, we were just doing cleanups. And then we decided that we needed to take further action as to get more help from the government and also from the community organizations. But as we re- started researching, everybody says... Okay, you need to talk to this person, right? And we would go talk to somebody. And they would go, okay, you need to talk to this person. And we were like, okay, okay, we will talk. And then we scheduled the meeting. And then they would go, okay, have you reached out to this person? And it just kept going, 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 going. No wonder nothing got done in this particular area, even though it's like 10 miles away from downtown LA. It's not hidden. It's not an area nobody goes there there's a huge organization they go there every year why is nothing got done do you feel like it's not a priority or has there been some resistance to your particular resistance plan? resistance every time they try to push this to have make it happen they get rejected their reason is that oh we don't want any flood hazard And we're, we're, we're here talking to, like, saying to ourselves, like, if they're worrying about flood by us 
installing this releasable trash boom that would collect trash until it gets to a point where the flood is happening because it's auto-released. This University of Southern California engineer students came up with this 50-pager research lab report with the experiment and everything. The professor proved it and everything was happening and it's releasable. That was one of the requirements. And those students came up with it and we submitted that report and that's not enough. You know, maybe they're saying flood hazard, but do you think there's a real reason behind that that's why they don't want budget to budget mm. budget and also they're afraid that we're gonna ditch on them and say we are gonna install and maintain this boom right they're thinking that they're gonna be the one cleaning the whole decades uh, to come makes sense but i'm wondering how was la river made without trash collection or without any maintenance in place because la river was made huge bike path was made but none of trash cancer around that area and you would you would wonder why is there no trash can in the whole 20 miles of bike path yeah there's no infrastructure and you guys are trying to create that they don't want to listen to us because we are younger. They think that young people just change their mind all the time and they don't care that much. If we implement that, they might ditch on us. They're not going to help us. Well, what's your plan then? Like, how do you think you're going to try and get around that obstacle? Do you think you'll try a different route? We can't. Mm-hmm. For, the, for the trash boom, we need to push it. We need mm-hmm. to push it and we are, we need to be strong in that position mm-hmm. where we need this to happen because these birds and turtles and other wild animals are dying on a regular basis because of the trash that's caught in the natural reserve area. People kayak in that. That's not safe. It's a hazard. It's got a lot of chemicals inside. So how do you think you're going to build that power? What's your plan? You just need to keep going with it. It's a waiting game because jurisdiction is really complicated that the four people own this river. So you need to get uh, clear from every single one. And one governmental office is, you think it's hard? Now there's four. Yeah, that sounds very complicated. Very complicated. And they, all of them need to come to the site at the same time and agree on whatever, whatever the plan that they can agree on and then come together and do a meeting by themselves and then give us a go maybe like four years after. Right. That takes a lot of organizing and patience. Yeah. But we have ocean cleanup in Ballona Creek where it's close by. But what they did was on the bay. It's not in the river itself, but at the end of the river, right? So something like that is already in place. So maybe hopefully in a year or half a year, they will start listening to us. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, I just wanted to ask one more question. 
Sounds like you've envisioned so much, you're dealing with so much. What keeps you going? And do you have any advice for people who are maybe in a similar position where they're having a hard time? Hmm. I just like it. I just like what I'm doing. And as long as you have a passion, I'm sure you can get through any obstacles, like even the government official ones that are super, super tricky. And it is difficult, right? Like, especially if you're a nonprofit, it's really tiring. Volunteer management to event organizing and to people don't take it seriously because it's a nonprofit. So believing yourself is something that I just do. As long as somebody's showing up, or as long as somebody's supporting you, I think you can do it. So any difficult situation that is out there for anybody, I think, as long as you have the passion and as long as you have the positive attitude to it, it's, I think some, you know, something's going to come sooner or later. It's, it might take a while, but that's, that's how it is, you know. It's not overnight solution. Not, nothing is overnight solution, so. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like you have a great community supporting you. So that's yeah. important. Oh, yeah, for sure. So grateful for them. Once again, a huge thank you to Max for joining me on this conversation and for some very thoughtful and honest responses. Right now, Max is hard at work planning more events and envisioning a nationwide movement of stewardship, education, and community building. You can learn more about his work with the Overdue team at www.itisoverdue.com. And if you enjoyed this Meet Your Network episode, you can find more conversations and connect with us at www.rivernetwork.org. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you around.